0: Hello, Rory here, and welcome to the first installment of The Loading. So this is going to be a recurring segment on Lame Hearts, done in podcast form, obviously. And it is because Lame Hearts is mostly a music-based podcast. It does take in a lot of different things, but it is mostly music-based. And I wanted a space where I could share stuff about the industry in the most listener-friendly way possible. So... I love to talk about the logistics of music. I love to talk about the business and the legal side, you know, contracts, touring, all this, everything to do with the industry. And I love talking to my friends about it. And most of the time it gets a fairly positive response it's kind of like what they kind of say you know oh i didn't realize that or that's really interesting but maybe they wouldn't have thought to seek it out themselves so i thought why don't i start something like this where i talk about the industry and it's not going to be a gossip segment that's what i really wanted to differentiate with as much as possible it won't be a he said she said kind of segment obviously there will be things relating to disputes happening on the load-in but it's going to always as much as possible be tied back to the industry and trying to teach people about it in the most accessible way possible so first things first i'm going to explain what the load-in means i went through so many different ideas for names for this segment and I landed on the load-in because the load-in is the first step of a concert or a festival of any kind. It's also a theatre term and basically the load-in is where you bring all your equipment into a new venue. So you know you're loading the equipment out of trucks, you're bringing it into a new venue it makes sense and obviously when you've taken everything down at the end of a concert and you've put it all back in boxes that is called the loadout when you move it all out so i wanted to call it the loading because of one it's a music related term two i feel like you know you're bringing equipment into a new venue so i feel like in a way i'm bringing information to my friends and to my listeners who like the podcast and are interested in this sort of stuff, but it's also a phrase on not a phrase, <laughs> a play on lowdown. So you say get the lowdown on something, but I'm gonna say you get the lowdown <laughs> on this. And I'm really looking forward to it because it's I was I've been playing around with how to try and, you know, do something like this for a while, and I came up with this idea for doing a recurring segment on the podcast a few weeks ago, but because we've been having a heat wave here in Ireland. It's just been too hot to record at home. I thought about it and then I delayed it. I didn't really do much about it and then once I finally got around to kind of telling myself yeah you should actually do this and go and record it we suddenly had a heat wave and every room in the house was too warm. We do have a big fan but thing is I like to be set up in a place where the audio quality is as good as possible so I'm recording this from bed where I have blankets and towels hung up around me and it's almost like I'm in a little cocoon (laughs) but I was also thinking about recording it in the attic because the acoustics in that room are also pretty good but that is the muggiest room in the house and I wasn't going to be able to record unless I had a fan on me constantly and that would have just destroyed the audio so today isn't too bad and I'm gonna go for it I'm already a bit warm because I had to close the windows in my room because there was a helicopter outside I hope I don't get too warm but what we're going to talk about today, I have a bunch of notes here because I've thought about what kind of things I want to do. I'm, I'm going to try and obviously explain, as I said, industry stuff, but this segment will hopefully evolve and maybe it'll change a bit. Uh, so maybe the format won't be exactly the same as today, but I feel like the best way for me to introduce topics and facets of the industry is case studies as they show themselves. I have three things on my list today. So there's the pilot festival. So Ireland had its first music festival one-day festival back earlier this month on the 3rd of July in the Royal Hospital Comaynum here in Dublin. I also want to talk a bit about Mimi Webb because I'm very interested in the music she's making and probably the best example of what I'm describing as (laughs) explaining stuff on a case study basis is probably the main piece of sort of news that I have is Ray, you might be familiar with Ray. I'd say most people are familiar with Ray um, from the features that she's done. She is an artist. She is from the UK, and she makes kind of dance, clubby, pop, R and B music. She has a bit of a mishmash of genres. But I've been following her for a long time, and basically, she announced yesterday that she was leaving her label Polydor. And so, basically, Polydor are a major label based in the UK, and they fall under Universal Music Group. Over in the UK, they have artists such as Years and Years, Jax Jones, Lana Del Rey and Snow Patrol. They also deal with the UK side of things for Interscope Records, which is one of America's biggest labels. So they handle the UK side of things for Billie Eilish, Lady Gaga, Kendrick Lamar, Guns N' Roses, Madonna, Olivia Rodrigo. Big long list of artists. They are one of the major labels and basically Ray spelt R-A-Y-E has been signed to them for a bunch of years she would be best known as i said for her features so you've got songs like you don't know me with Jax jones you've got by your side with jonas blue you've got secrets with regard and just recently she had a big hit in bed with joel Curry and david Gatta. she's also had some success with her solo songs such as regardless love me again and decline she's had EPs and she's had singles and she had a mini album called Euphoric Sad Songs at the end of 2020. So I've been a fan of hers for a long time. I was introduced to her probably pretty much the same time as everyone else when You Don't Know Me with Jax Jones was released but something intrigued me about her. So like, you know, these songs get big, but usually if it's played on the radio, people will just say that was Jack Jones. You don't know me. And they won't mention Ray. And most of the time people don't pay attention. I'm guilty of that too. But there was something about Ray that I was interested in. I think it was probably because By Your Side with Jonas Blue was out at the same time. And I was thinking, oh, here's a vocalist on two songs that are big at the moment. Let's have a look. So I said, yeah she's the real deal i am going headfirst into becoming a ray fan and ever since then i've loved what she's been doing i have her cd i have her vinyl and i've been confused for a long time as to why she hasn't taken off as a soloist because she's had big success with the songs that she's featured on and a lot of her solo songs aren't a million miles apart from those features so i always wondered why hasn't she taken off as a soloist and I always thought maybe the public aren't responding to her. Her own stuff was pretty consistent. And so basically, she's been signed since 2014. So that's seven years at this stage on a four album deal with Polydor. And I'm going to dive a little bit into that because it's thrown around a lot. People talk about deals and they talk about, you know, I'm on a four album, five album deal or something like that. But they, you know, should explain that a little bit. So a label signs you obviously because they're interested in making music with you. Obviously, the label is there to make money. It's a business. It's the same as any other business. It's like opening up a supermarket. But contracts in the music world are notoriously murky. They're notoriously airtight and they're a bit ambiguous. So a four album deal. They sign you because they're interested in making whatever format of music they want. They might sign you to do a single, they might sign you to do a few singles. Most often they sign because they're interested in making an album with you. And that contract lasts for as long as it takes for the artist to make that album and release that album, and then for a certain specified amount of time after released, which is, Usually, something like 12 months. And that specified amount of time post release is to allow time for stuff like more interviews after the release. But mostly, sorry, mostly for touring. You know, you could release an album in June and your contracts extends until the June of the following year, or even if you're released in April, it extends till the April of the next year so you can get the summer season of touring, do more touring in the winter, and based on the success of that album, the label will decide whether or not they want the artist to deliver another album or not. So there's no guarantee that the artist will make four albums. This basically allows the label to drop the artist at any point if they wish. And it's usually for lack of commercial success. So, if they put in a certain amount of money, a moderate amount of money, and the artist makes a moderate amount back plus a certain amount of profit, that'll be good. But, you know, if they if they invest, you know, millions into an artist and are expecting number ones and huge chart hits and they don't get that, then the artist could very well be In danger. So it all depends on how much the label invests. Every deal is different. A four album deal with Polydor would not guarantee four albums from Ray, but it means that Polydor are allowed to expect up to four albums from Ray. So she could make one album and they decide, yes, we're going to do a second album. They renew the contract, and that's basically it gives them the power to decide whether they want another album or not. So they can drop after the album or they can say yes we want another and she could do two albums second one does good they say yep we're going to renew it for the third one she does the third one doesn't do as well they can decide that's it we don't want a fourth album but after four albums that means the deal is up and she can sign again with them and renegotiate the deal or she could say goodbye thanks for the opportunity sign with another label go independently that's how an album deal works four albums means they are allowed to have up to for albums it never guarantees an album because most contracts don't have a stipulation that the first album must be released which often leaves artists in limbo because they can be tied to a label but not getting the attention or funding to produce an album because there's no contractual obligation on the label to release that album. And I should have said this at the start, but I'm not here to demonize Polydor because they have stellar artists on their roster. Ray herself has said that there are lots of people on her team that fought her corner and this isn't a rare situation. So this has probably happened at most of the major labels, this kind of situation. So I'm not demonizing Polydor at all. And basically she took to Twitter a few weeks ago to air her frustration that she has been signed to the label for seven years on a four album deal and has not been allowed to release one yet. She's released singles and EPs and euphoric sad songs at the end of 2020 was called a mini album. So that would not count as an album you know going against not going against but as part of her deal and she's a prolific writer she has credits for beyonce charlie xcx and little mix amongst others anne marie is releasing an album in a couple of days i think and she has co-writing credits on those and she said that quote i have had albums on albums of music sat in folders collecting dust songs i am now giving away to a-list artists because i'm still awaiting confirmation that i'm good enough to release an album and recently she released a single called call On Me. It was released probably five or six weeks ago. And she then said that Polydor told her if her latest single, Call On Me, did well and reached the top 10 of the UK chart, that they would greenlight her album. So she said that she was having this debilitating pressure on her waking up every day, frantically looking at numbers and statistics so she can release her very first album this sounds so frustrating to be honest um and it's a very messy situation so then a day or two after she went on twitter to post all those tweets she went on to instagram live and she said you know i just released call on me two or three weeks ago so i should be doing full blown promo right now but she said she has not been doing too well because she was under so much stress to try and make sure call on me did well so that her album would be released and she decided to kind of protest on the Instagram Live. And to be honest, I was living for it, I'll be honest, because she started leaking her songs on purpose. She started playing quite, you know, quite heavy chunks of, not just a little snippet, like quite big chunks (laughs) of some of her songs. One in particular, fantastic which is, as it says on the tin, it is fantastic. She said it will be on her album when her album is released. I kind of like that an artist was kind of rebelling when there was an issue, because this is this is not a once-off situation in the industry. Contracts are such a huge issue in the industry. There's, real, there's a real power imbalance most of the time between labels and artists. And shortly afterwards, she took a social media break at a time when most artists would be most active because of single promotion. But I kind of understood that she'd, you know, she'd had a rough couple of days, couple of weeks, um, and she needed that. So then this week, she announces that she's no longer a part of Polydor. Her statement said, quote, Today, I'm speaking to you as an independent artist. Polydor and I have spoken and we have agreed to part ways. I want to say a big genuine thank you to the polydor team and all the individuals who have fought for me believed in me and worked so hard for me across the years polydor are an incredible infrastructure powerhouse team unfortunately we have had different goals artistically and i'm very grateful to them for giving me a graceful smooth exit to start my next chapter as an artist this is all we know all that can be done from here is speculate because chances are they were talking about this for a while or at least a week or two because ever since she took to Twitter it probably didn't land Polydor in hot water but they kind of thought oh no what are we gonna do now and the only kind of insight I can get into this situation is that this happened to Katy Perry back in the day and um, she signed to Capitol which is where she released I kissed a girl hot and cold and took off but before that she was signed to Columbia Records who are a huge label over in America they work with Beyonce Bruce Springsteen Harry Styles Lil Nas X a bunch more, they're a huge label. And from the Katy Perry case, she was signed to the label, she was making songs, but they it became clear that they weren't gonna release the album, similar to Ray with Polydor. And from the Katy Perry case, what I learned when that story was told in her movie, Part of Me, her publicist from Columbia told the story that she was working with Katy from her early days since she was signed to Columbia. And when a label has signed an artist and built them up to the platform they have thus far, they're kind of reluctant to drop them. Hence why I said commercial success was the usual reason for artists getting dropped earlier. And that's because they've invested a lot of money into their artist and they want to see a return on that. And so the publicist said that Columbia said about Katie, we can't drop her because she'll probably go sign somewhere else and become a huge star and we just can't have that. And as things stand, Ray is in a much more prominent position right now than Katy Perry was at that point because she hadn't released any music in the pop genre yet. She she did do a Christian album when she was 15, but that's kind of separate. So, Ray has a much larger platform right now than Katy Perry did at that point. And I know that Polydor would take some responsibility and would have to be given some responsibility for where she is right now, because in their eyes, they put money behind her, they put marketing behind her, and in their eyes, it would be a waste to release her from the contract and she can then go and use and exploit her own platform independently or with another label who haven't put in that groundwork that they did to build her from the start up to where she is now because breaking an artist is obviously really really tough takes a lot of money takes a lot of time and a lot of work so they'd probably view it as a waste for her to have a platform now and be reasonably well known and then a label gets her at that stage and doesn't have to put in that early investment so i was surprised to hear this i was surprised to hear that they ended the contract and that she is no longer signed to polydor i still felt like despite this not stalemate but this kind of issue that was taking place over her speaking out on not being allowed to release her album that they would eventually just release the album and kind of say okay we we should actually do this but I do think it was the right thing for her. She has been proving commercially successful. The vinyls for her mini album, Euphoric Sad Songs, I checked the store and this the vinyls that were signed they're all sold out the cds are also sold out that's the only physical release she has so far and that's the only real way we can gauge the sales but the fact that as i said her songs that she's a feature on that have done commercially really well are quite consistent with her solo material so finally my question was answered i thought the public just wasn't responding to her solo stuff just no matter how confusing that was but turns out It was most likely a case of the label not, you know, investing in her and giving her the kind of platform and the chance that maybe she needed. Again, I'm not demonizing Polydor because I don't know exactly what the situation was because the music industry is very murky. Um, But I just hope that this case is a lesson for people, especially aspiring artists, that your art is precious, but you need to have an eye on the business side contracts are airtight and i'm glad that she did something about it when she felt mistreated and honestly i cannot wait for the debut album whenever that is to be honest i can be patient from now because i know that there's an album coming at some point i don't she said she's an independent artist so she may release it independently or she may sign to another label i don't know what the situation's going to be but i'm really really looking forward to it next up we have the pilot festival So this was a really exciting, really, really fun day earlier in the month. On Saturday, the 3rd of July, three and a half thousand people took to the Royal Hospital Kilmainham here in Dublin for Ireland's first music festival since COVID happened. MCD organised a brilliant day out. And I just wanted to talk about it for a couple of minutes because So many people have asked me about it since I was at it. I didn't expect so many people to ask me what it was like. It was a great day. And honestly, I know it's a bit, it's probably a bit of a boring answer, but once the concert started, it didn't feel all that different because all the news reports and the the talk before it happened, everyone was talking about how different it would be, how the logistics were gonna work. And obviously there were some differences, but once the show started, it felt pretty much the same. The lineup was Gavin James, Lyra, Wild Youth, Denise Chila, Sharon Shannon, and. And Wyvern Lingo with the two Johnnies as MCs. I would say that the two main differences were one that people were in pods so it wasn't kind of one big mass crowd in front of the stage and that's why it was only three and a half thousand people in such a large space as the Royal Hospital and the antigen test beforehand. Other than that it felt very normal and really nice and people just had so much fun. The tickets were sold in pods of like four to six people so some pods were smaller than others but everyone seemed to be having a really really good time the antigen test oh i won't lie having that up my nose wasn't fun but it didn't last that long and within about 10 minutes i had my result i was clear didn't have covid (laughs) and i was able to go in and enjoy it and it was just so refreshing to be back everyone just seemed really grateful to be there the two johnnies were really fun as mcs i don't really know much about them i've seen one or two of their videos online but i didn't have too much experience with them before this and they were really really good people seemed good at following the social distancing and the mask wearing rules and overall the acts were brilliant my own highlight was denise Chila because she brought her whole squad with her such a good presence and i'd wanted to see her for so long so great day altogether. Last up, we have Mimi Webb. So you may know Mimi Webb as she's currently having good success with her single, Good Without, and uh, her latest single is called, Dumb Love. So I just want to speculate something small here um she signed to epic records which is under sony music and good without was released in late march i heard it for the first time in the back of the car with my mom sometime in the first week of april it was playing on the radio i shazammed it and i do this all the time with artists and songs i really like it and i don't do anything about it i don't go to listen to it or to learn more so I really liked it and I kept hearing it frequently on the radio. But Silly Me never did anything about it. And it took until start of July for me to actually listen to the song in my own free time. So that's three solid months. And so I really, really liked the song. So I went on YouTube and I found a performance and without missing a beat, I realized what was happening. She instantly reminded me of Dua Lipa without, like, without compromising her own individuality. So this made me very interested because the music business is always competitive especially between the big three major labels which is sony universal and warners and they all have their own labels beneath that so ray from the earlier segment is signed to polydor that's under universal maybe web is signed to epic which is under sony and within the pop genre sony haven't had a big female star for a while i think when i thought about it the first one that came off the top of my head was Camila Cabello in recent years she seems to have been the last proper one um, and she's just about to start up again and basically in the last five years Warners have had incredible success with Dua Lipa which is ongoing and I could do a whole episode of the load in on the business of Dua Lipa and I wrote a blog post about it last year because she's a very interesting case on the business side of things but she's been doing great for Warners and Universal have had both Billie Eilish and Olivia Rodrigo in the last three years so they're both doing great. I just want to say that I would speculate that of course they want Mimi Webb to stand out and I'm not questioning her artistic integrity at all but I would conservatively speculate that somewhere in a Sony Music email thread involving the marketing department someone has referred to Dua Lipa somewhere. Some Sony are going into battle and Mimi Webb is their armour. They want to compete with Warner and Universal and have a big pop girl. And I feel like Mimi Webb is who they're pushing for it now. Personally, I can't wait to see what is to come from her and I hope some really great pop. It's just a little note and it's just what I speculate, but I wouldn't be surprised if that's part of it. And that is all from the first installment of The Loading. I hope you enjoyed it and you're able to learn something new and that you enjoyed learning that. Um, I hope to continue this recurring segment as pieces come up. Um, I won't promise a fixed regular schedule because as I said I'd like to base it on you know case studies such as the Ray situation earlier in the episode but I hope this keeps in theme with Lame Hearth all the other episodes and see you next time.